one, that's what we talked about. We don't know spirit. We don't know what we mean when we say it. We think Casper's a friendly ghost. We, we are like, ooh, spirit. But that's not what the word spirit means. The word spirit in scripture just means breath, life, the very vitality of the thing itself. So it says the spirit of God, it's the life of God, the breath of God, the thing that sustains all creation. And so we run around saying spirit, 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 and no one knows what the heck we're talking about. And we treat it like it's something to push off to the wayside. Right? Like if, if you were, who would be at your job? I'm like, I totally 100% believe in demon possession and, and spirits, and then I believe in, in all of these ghosts, and I believe in aliens, and I, y'all, y'all go down this whole list of everything. Believe. No, most of us are like, yeah, I'll keep that stuff to myself because it's kind of, it could be considered weird or it could be considered this. That's not the spirit of God. It's not, while it may make you do things that don't seem all that normal, it is not something that, 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 is, that is to be set aside and odd and weird. It's actually the true life itself. Now, week two, we talked about who is this spirit, and God is the spirit. It's not something separate from, from God. It's not something that is, that is like, apart, you know. Um, it is the expression. That's really what we defined it as. This spirit is the expression of God here on earth, whether it be in us or, like, in, in, around us. It is literally the expression of God on earth, right? Okay. So now week three, we talked about being full of spirit. And we understood that basically you can have the spirit, but that doesn't mean you're full of it. And the example we used was like a pitcher of water. It can have some water in it, but it's not full of it. When you become full of it, and some of us are in other ways, but when we become full of it, it begins to fill up and it begins to open out of us. And this is good. I never heard this before. You can't give to other people the spirit until it is filled up with you and going out of you because if it's just in you you're just going to keep it for yourself so if you are ever selfish check check ain't got enough spirit i can't talk with a handheld mic guys because like i use my hands too much so if this goes out i'm just going to yell okay so that was week three week four we talked about y'all remember this one where we had the big tree we brought the big tree in here we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Because a lot of times we all want to run around and say, I want this power, and I want this, like, we treat it like it's superpowers. Like, this, we treat it like, y'all ever seen the, 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 what is the Fantastic Four, the newer one, where they like to touch the, or the Power Rangers. And they touch the thing, and they're like, with our powers combined. And they're like, Red Ranger, or whatever. Like, that's how we treat the Spirit of God. Like, I couldn't watch it because it was the devil when I was a kid, so I don't really know what happens in those things, okay? Uh, <laughs> but that's how we treat this power and the Spirit of God is like it en- enables you with some superpower, and now you're Superman, or now you've got bit by the magical spider. That is not the Spirit of God. Now, while it may give us some understanding and abilities or something like that, that's, that's not how it, how it works. But we understood before we can ever even get to those things, these things called gifts, we have to understand the fruit. And we have to be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit. And we had the fake fruit and the good fruit, remember? And in the fake fruit, we realized that a lot of times we, we would prefer that we produce some good fake fruit and everybody stay at a distance. Because if you get too close, you're going to see that my love is not all for real. And if you get too close, then i got to spend a little bit more time with you uh, to do that. But then there's the other side of us that have some real fruit, but real fruit looks damaged sometimes, doesn't it? It doesn't look all so pretty. I love avocados. I didn't used to, but I do now. But I don't like to cut them up because just looking at them makes me not want to eat them anymore. So I a lot of times make my wife cut them up for me so I'll still eat it. And if it turns brown at all, she's like, it's still good. I'm like, I'm not going to eat it anymore. I don't want it anymore. 
the same thing with like apples. You cut an apple and it turns brown. I won't touch it after it turns brown. I know it tastes the same, but it's just this this thing. And that's how it is with us sometimes. Because sometimes we've got some bumps and bruises. And we're like, we, we hold it close and we don't want to let people in. Because if you see all my hurts and see all my bruises, you may not like it. But that's where victory and vulnerability comes from. Is because God says, hey, if you let me do that, when they see those bumps and bruises, all they're going to see, all they're going to taste is goodness. All they're going to see is how I brought you through that. All that. They won't even see all those hurts and pains. What they'll end up seeing is the end result of it. But you got to give it to God. Now, last week, we talked about spirit speaking. And that before you say anything, and even moreover, before you think you're about to use a spiritual gift of some kind, because most of all the gifts that the spirit has all have to do with speaking. We're about to see that. We read some of that yesterday. You better make sure it's the Spirit talking and not you talking. Now, again, we're at home, right? Everybody, we're just we're chillaxing in the living room right now? Okay, because this is how you can get to an end of a pandemic in the United States and have five people that say they all heard from God and they're all different things and none of them were right. If it was all God, they would all be the same and they would all be right. But if none of them are right and none of the same, what we did is we've gotten ourselves into this idea and this understanding that I can know things, and, but we've left the fruit behind, we've left the spirit behind, and all we're doing is talking out of ourselves. and you're, you're talking, you know, something all right, but it ain't spirit. We've got to make sure that before we even utter a word, even within our own lives, say, is this the spirit speaking or is this me speaking? There should be no such thing as Steph's opinion, Steph's thoughts. They should not exist. It should be the thoughts of God, the, the words of God. This is what happens. Just so all y'all can have it. Just, just so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all righty. Uh, good thing we are not live. Okay. So, <laughs> so that was last week. Now. This week, next week, and maybe a third, it just depends on how far we get. We're going to actually go through and look at these gifts of the Spirit, okay? And we, we define that there's really only one gift. It is the Spirit. That's the gift that was given to man. Sometimes you see it called the gift of grace, the gift of salvation. The gift, those are all encompassed in the Spirit, the expression of God on earth. But when we say gifts of the Spirit, this plural form, when we start talking about prophecy— and, oh, the big one for Pentecostals, tongues and healing. And, and, we, and we talk about words of wisdom and words of knowledge. All of those things are the actions that the Spirit can cause you to do. And we also understood last week that you can, have, you can do more than one of them. You could only maybe do one of them. You could, it's not like we, what we've created in our culture is this idea of give me a title and an identification, and then I can go do what God tells me to do. And God says, there's no title. To be nameless, there's no identification. The second that you are known more, and people look to you more than they look to the Spirit of God, is the second that it is no longer a spiritual gift, it is just a natural ability or a talent. That is the difference in it. You know, you can, you can be a great uh, 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 motivational speaker, but that does not mean that you're speaking the Spirit of God into a situation. So today, we are going to look at 1 Corinthians 12. That is the, pretty much the only scripture we're going to look at. 
we're only going to get through about seven verses. I'm going to define a few words for us, help us maybe break open a little bit more about what I believe are some of our misconceptions of the gift of the Spirit. Now, this again, I'll give my, my, my pretext. This may or may not offend you. You may or may not agree with this. But I can, if you so choose, spend plenty of time with you to go through all the Old Testament and the New Testament to show you that what I'm saying is true. I've got receipts. Okay? I, I did not make this up. I didn't concoct this. Trust me. It is much easier just to go with the flow of what everybody else is teaching. And it's not necessarily wrong. Okay? This is where we get a little bit messed up. It's not necessarily wrong the way gifts have been taught in the past, to get this gift and to have this gift. It's not wrong. But what it does do is if we start from here, the end result could end up very different. Okay? It's kind of like if you come to a crossroads in something. So if you go jump on 342 and you take 342 to Ovilla Road, you're at an intersection. And if I just dropped you at that intersection and said, get back to the church, if you didn't know where the church was, you couldn't get back to where you were going because you started from a different location. So when we start from the idea that this is an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts and we must identify which gift is yours and, and we must say, okay, Sonia, this is your gift. A, what we do is squelch the Spirit of God and say, this is all you can do. As if he somehow only has some of God. And then well, over here we got Sharon and she has the other part of God. And then now, where are we back to? The Power Rangers. With our powers combined. And that is not how it works. Because it is a misunderstanding to say that because what we're about to read says there are diversities or differences of these things, that that means the Spirit is somehow partial and separate in each and every one of us. And what this does is it then begins to make us try to walk task-oriented than to walk spirit-oriented. And then what we end up doing is trying to do these tasks, then we end up getting this list of what is good and what we must do, and then we take that list and say, you do what I'm doing. And remember last week we talked about now we're all trying to shoot the same target, and that's a lot easier because, A, we can see Seth's missing the target. Ha-ha! I hit it. You missed. You're bad. I'm good. That's religion. That has no use in the spiritual world has no use for you spiritually because God says, hey, I got different targets for all of you. They're all in that direction, but I need Jared. I need you to do this crazy thing and hang a sign to reach these people. You over here, this church, you don't do that because there's people that that will tick off, so you need to reach those people. So far be it from us to put out churches, to put out other people and say, you do what I do. Because last time I checked, it says that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made as individuals, and God says, now, if you give that to me, I can make you do the thing I need you to do. And it will fit a specific, specific piece that you're intended to do. So when we take this approach of the gifts and then and the thoughts like that, what we end up doing is try to fit everybody into a mold. And really, it's the church playing identity politics just as much in trying to say, oh, well, there's a prophet. Well, they don't have Oh, that's a pastor. Well, they're kind of under a prophet. Oh, apostle? That's over there. And we create this nasty hybrid of what God actually intended and then a natural hierarchy that all it ends us up at is misunderstanding the true spirit. Now let's read it. 
1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start at verse 1. Now, just to let you know what 1 Corinthians is, Paul is writing here, okay? Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, okay? So this is like a church. It would be like his equivalent of if someone sent us a message, okay? This is what he's writing to the people based off of what they're dealing with. Now, the reason that we can get information out of this is because we are not unlike the church of Corinth. If you do your historical research, Corinth was what the Bible calls a, a Gentile nation, right? So th they were not from the, the Jewish culture or anything like that. Uh, Corinth was quite, a, quite an interesting place uh, in and of itself. Back in those days, um, it was kind of wild, okay? Um, it, it was out there, uh, if we can put it that way. And, 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 and they, they had certain structures of things that were, that were specific to their area, and then they had, like, no structure of things. It was just kind of all over the place, you know, with, with different things. So Paul is writing to them, and this is one of his letters, and he's trying to bring understanding to one thing and one thing alone, and that is the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, we can understand this because we are not a Jewish nation. We would be equivalent in the Bible days to Gentile nation, meaning that we didn't come out of that. Our culture doesn't come from that or anything of that nature, okay? So we can understand a lot from this, all right? So let's start reading it right here. Paul is talking to the Corinthians, the church of Corinth. And we can just say, First Ardent, chapter 12. He's just speaking to us, okay? Verse 1, now concerning spiritual things. Some of your Bibles may say spiritual gifts. The word gifts was added in there. And because of our language translation, we begin to apply that wrongly. So we need to understand just spiritual, right? Like right now, everything I'm saying is about what? The Holy Spirit with spiritual things, okay? So now concerning spiritual things, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Verse 2, and you know that you were Gentiles, meaning not from this culture. You didn't understand it. You didn't have the salvation kind of a thing, but we're bringing it to you. And you were carried away unto these dumb idols, okay? Dumb not being like, we like, you're so dumb. Like, not like that. The word dumb means non-speaking. No breath, no life, dead, okay? He said, you, you, you believed in all these dead dumb things, these things that couldn't speak, but God is the speaking spirit, right? We see this in Genesis chapter 1, beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void, and darkness came upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of water, and God said, let there be light. I'm going to do that every week, so y'all all know the first first few verses here, okay? So, <laughs> but God said, he's the speaking spirit, he breathes life into things, and he's the only one that does, Okay? Every other God, there's a reason they all are underneath mythology, and ours is still the biggest debate over the last several centuries, and will continue to be, because he's the only one, actually, that is claimed to have not been a created God. I don't know if you're aware of that. Every other God throughout history, aside from the three world major religions, every other God, they say it came from somewhere, it was created within the universe. You know that throughout all of history. I don't know who this is for. But out of all of history, every other God, I don't care if you want to go through the Norse gods, if you want to go to the Egyptian gods, I don't care where you go, I don't care if you want to go all the way to Machu Picchu and figure out the, the Aztec gods. Every other god was said, to the, even in India, uh, the, the Vimanas and all that kind of stuff, all of those gods were have said to come out of the universe. But the God of the Bible is the only one that has put forth that he said he created the, all of it. He's outside of that entire thing. So he's the only one that speaks and brings life. Now, he said, so I know you, you believed in these non-speaking spirits because that's where you were led. People taught you that. He's like, hey, no harm, no foul. Let's, let's move forward with this. He says, wherefore, I give to you this understanding, okay? No man speaks by the Spirit of God and calls Jesus accursed, and no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. 
What he's trying to do here is show you that Jesus Christ, the man who walked on this earth, the Spirit of God in him that was the Son of God, he's saying, you, it's basically, it's impossible. You can start with Jesus and you'll have the Spirit, but you can't start with the Spirit and not end up at Jesus. At some point, you end up at the same place. I have known people in my own life to say, well, I believe in God. I just don't know about this whole Jesus thing over here. And as they learn and they start studying, they start learning more and more about God, they end up at Jesus. Because it is impossible when you are truly seeking the true God, the Spirit of God, you will end up at the person of Christ because it was the Spirit of God on earth in a man's form. And then after that, in Acts, we see that that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, as we say, meaning that exact same breath in life is in everyone. So now everybody is a part of the body of Christ, okay? But this is what he's saying here. You, you can't, you're going to end up at it because they're going to be end up being completely synonymous with each other. Now, verse 4, this is where we get fun. I'm going to define about four words for you guys real quick, okay? I'm going to read it all, and then I'm going to define it. Is that cool? Yeah, that makes sense. Verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but of the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but the same God that is working with all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit it all. Okay? A couple things we need to point out. Gifts, administrations, operations, manifestations. It's a lot of words that have more than, like, four letters in it. So all of these were given to every man, okay? All of these were given to every man. It does not mean you have a gift, you have an administration, you have an operation. That's how it's been taught largely, is you have one of these three. If you read that in context, it's saying every man has all of these things. These basically four things, a gift, uh, an action, something that God's going to do through you. It's going to have an administration. It's going to have an operation, and then it will manifest. We're going to define these four words because they're really all of them except for the word gift is not even a word that we use in our language as a whole. We don't walk around and be, ah, Seth has manifested in the building. I don't know why I'm picking on Seth. Maybe because I stole their mic. That's why, yeah. It, it really is. It's, it's whoever sits here and here. These two chairs are the hot seat. So let's define them. First off, we need to understand this. Diversities in verse 4, differences in verse 5, and diversity in verse 6. All three the same word. I don't ask me why they decided diversities and differences were the exact same word when they translated, but they did. But diversity and difference are pretty much the same thing. But here's what the word means. It means like to be divided up amongst you. Okay? It's like to, to just be kind of divided, right? If I had a million dollars. Everybody started listening, see? If I had a million dollars and I said, I'm going to split it across all of us equally. Everybody right now is like, I wonder if he really does it. We're going to start counting and no, <laughs> I don't. Um, I'd be in Cabo right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it says that these, this division or this separation to be kind of doled out and spread out amongst you. All of these things were spread out to every man. So every man received these things, okay? He received the gift. We defined gift very, very much in detail last week, so I'm not really going to go into that. But it had the accusative case to it in the part of speech, which meant that it was an action. It was, it was, it was something gave you this action, and you're doing the action, okay? So there are different 
you know, diversities of this gift. Now, we have to define this word administration, and it's one of my favorite words in Scripture. Who has what would be considered an administrative job? Like you work on a computer and do those types of things. No one in here works in administration? Okay. Y'all are not participative. Ain't participating. But an administrative job, the word administer, specifically in the Greek even, and even in our language, there's a word within that, which is minister. To administer is the same thing as to minister. There actually is no different word in Scripture for it. So every time you see a minister and you see the word administer in the Bible, it's the same thing. Because what does an administrator do? They take in, now in the Bible you, they would say the commands of others, but they take instruction from others and they execute whatever it is that needs to be done, right? Because whether or not, like, okay, if you're in sales, this, everybody should understand this, right? If someone sells something and they're like, cool, sign the contract, da, 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 that contract goes to somebody and that person is generally called an administration, what do they do? They execute the contract. They put it together, they find the people to do the work, and they did da, 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 da. but who gave them that command? Now, you could say the salesman, you could say whatever, but the, the, the system, the, the company they work for said, here's the information, now go and do what this says. So before y'all think when we say minister and ministry that that means the person standing up here singing and talking or praying, no, because everybody has a ministry. Now before I just y'all just heard, okay, I'm gonna go start me a 501c3, which is the legal code for a nonprofit, and I think that what y'all just heard me say was everybody go start a church. Or everybody will go start a nonprofit organization. That is not what I said. I said everyone has a set of commands, a set of instructions given to them by God to go and execute. The word at its core has this meaning, and I love it. To serve at one's pleasure, or at someone's pleasure, at your own expense. That's what the word minister means. To serve at someone else's pleasure at your own expense. Guess what that means? It will cost you. Okay? If, if you think you're doing what God told you to do and you love it and it ain't costing you, you ain't doing shit. If you do not wake up and say, there is joy in suffering, there is joy in suffering, you are not doing what God has asked you to do. If you are skipping on clouds, singing rainbows and unicorns with bulletproof marshmallows, you are not doing what the Spirit's asked you, because what He asks you will challenge you. It will push the limits of who you are, because if it doesn't, you're doing it in your strength, and I'm getting ahead of myself, not in God's strength. That is what must push you past what you do. That's administration. Now, operation. Operation means this. That means the work, like a job, the strength to do it. So if we break this down, it says there's one spirit. This spirit has given to all men different actions that you must do. And he's given it with a specific set of instructions for you to do. And then he's given you the job and the ability to go and do it. Isn't scripture so easy to understand when you think about it for a minute? Because we have people that, y'all ever heard this statement? They're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. 
That, that means basically they're so spiritual, they're not worth a lick. I mean, you go to, you, you go to build a house, and they just want to stand there and pray that the house gets built. Okay? You know, that's, that's all Junior does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I was just making sure he was awake. Uh, so, <laughs> but that's what that means. It's like you're so spiritual, you're not doing anything in the natural. So that was, a, that was about uh, 20 years ago. That was like the entire church. Then what the church has done is said, well, that's not how we do it. So in true American fashion, we said, we have to be earthly. And we came over here, and now we're so earthly-minded, we're no heavenly good. We are doing no eternal work. We're running around trying to do good things that amount to nothing because we're not doing it in the Spirit. This scripture right here directly shows us there is a gift, there is an, a, a, a mode, an ability, something specific to you that he gave to you, and he gave it to all of us. You all have this thing. And then he gave you some instructions on how to use it and how to do it. And then not only that, then he gave you the power and the strength and the understand to go and do it. This is what it means when we read scriptures that say faith without works is dead, and people misinterpret that works to think faith without doing all of these specific good actions to get to heaven. That has nothing to do with eternity. That has to do with the here and the now. That has to do with faith, belief, understanding that God did these things, and then began to walk it out as I walk it out, okay? So, for the younger crew. <laughs> then this word, manifestations, all right? Nine minutes, and got some more to do. Not physically, just like, I know y'all are all going to get cross-eyed after, after nine minutes. The word manifestations blew my ever-loving mind. You want to know why? Because I've read this verse countless times. I've heard it since I was a kid, and we teach we we taught on tongues and everything else. Well, I know this scripture. And I read it and I read it and I read it. And I never defined the word manifestation because I thought I knew what manifestation means. And I do. And you probably do as well. But I love what it says in the Strong's Chorus. The word manifestation means an exhibition or an expression. So this whole time, I was basing the understanding that it's the expression of God on earth through these other scriptures, and then I'm like, okay, so yeah, that's what we understand. And then God is so good, and the people that he, that he chose to write this writing by the Spirit of God said, and the manifestation of the Spirit, meaning what? The expression, the, the, the ex, y'all ever been to an exhibition? What is it? A show. Why? For everybody to know who's the best. That's what we do, right? For everybody to know. Who's the best? What's going on? How, can, how did they do it? So this is an exhibition of the Spirit. It's a show of the Spirit of God. It is the expression of God. And it is given to every man to profit all. Now the only other part we're going to do is read verse 8. And we're going to talk about this one. So there's something else before I read verse 8 that I need to tell you guys. All you guys who are, who are going to go read this chapter at home, which is all of you, right? Everybody does their homework here. So read. Read your verse. I'm sorry, it kept vibrating for some reason, and it was really annoying me. <laughs> it kept telling me to breathe. I think it thought I was hyperventilating. So <laughs> but <laughs> this, uh, all of a sudden my heart rate was up. <laughs> but uh, when you read this chapter, I want you to go home and read from verse 1 
one all the way to verse 30 or whatever it is that it rolled in. You're going to see a pattern emo- emerge. If you were here on Wednesday, we talked about the same pattern. You want to know why? Because the same person wrote it. So he did the same thing both times, okay? His writing style. He opens it up for us with these three things. These different separations of what? Gifts, administration, and operation. So actions, service, and the job to do it, the work and the strength to do it. What you're going to read for the rest of the chapter is a breakdown of examples of these three things. Okay? So verse, let me just give you the verses so when you go home and read it. Verse 4, which is about the, it, the differences in gifts, from verse 8 to 11 is a list of gifts expressing the actions that can happen. From verse 12 to verse 27, that is explanation of what it means to minister or to administer and to serve because from verse 12 to verse 27 is a part that we know a lot uh, pretty pretty well because we run around and quote it all the time uh if you're in church and stuff like that there's that we're all part of that we've said it three times already this morning we're all part of the body of christ we're all just different members and different parts and stuff like that so right here paul says from verse 12 all the way to verse 27 he's saying hey those ministries those administrations those services that you do here's how it works here's how those services work together he says something pretty interesting in verse uh, verse 26 he says to where there is no division among you so that means your gifts your service the work that God's asked you to do will only cause unity. So if by you doing what you think God is doing is causing disunity amongst anyone, it is not the Spirit of God. The Bible said it, not me. So you can go read it yourself. Then the last part of this, from verse 28 to 31, this is in reference to the part of the operations, the work to do it. Now, we're not going to read all that, but that's just for you guys who are going to go home and study, and you can, you can read that, okay? So now let's read verse 8, and I want to kind of explain um, an understanding of words of wisdom and words of knowledge that I believe God gave me, and then we'll go home. Or out to eat, if you want to go out to eat, which I pity you. Verse 8. For one is given the Spirit, the word of knowledge, and another, uh, the word of wisdom, sorry, and another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. I have read this scripture as well, probably a thousand times. And how it's always quoted is, and one is given the word of knowledge, or wisdom, and then another is given the word of knowledge, or wisdom, I say them in reverse. But everyone skips over a very, very key, key word right there. For one is given by spirit words, knowledge, and another words, wisdom, by the same spirit. What we've done, in my opinion, after researching this, and I have a list of scriptures I could give you, and I will right at the end, but what we have done is taken this and made it can I say it how I feel it? Is it cool if I just, I'm not getting a lot of head nods, so I'm getting really nervous. All right, it's my Christmas. All right, we're good. We've created a dog and pony show out of something that is so precious. 
church have taken and misconstrued this thing. And really what we've done is we've kind of turned it into prophecy. I've got a word of knowledge for you. I've got a word of wisdom for you. And that is not what that says. There's no multiple words of knowledge, no multiple words of wisdom. There is a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom, and it is called the Spirit's words and the Spirit's truth. It is His knowledge. So if you're ever saying, I have a word of knowledge for someone, and it's something you know in the natural, it is not God. It's not knowledge. It may be good knowledge, but it ain't worth crap. Too many times, this is a statement that came out of lunch last Sunday, and I, I thought, oh, that's a cool statement. And it's so cool. Guys, just, 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 just get in some spirit because it's so cool to watch what he does. We have a conversation, and I think, like, I know what I'm going to teach. And it's like, oh, it was like last week, the whole nameless thing that we talked about. No clue. That was not even a part of what I, where I was like, okay, God, this is what I'm going to say. And he's just like, nope, check this out. I'm like, <gasps> and then, like, the same thing happened. We had this conversation at lunch on Sunday, and this little phrase came out of it, and, I, and I'm, I'm seeing how it applies to the spiritual gifts, the actions, and the, and the service that we must do. You can help someone in the natural naturally, or you can help someone in the natural spiritually. What's the difference then of who's the most charitable person you can think of? Probably by money standards like Bill Gates. But like you can take a multi-billionaire and they're doing all this philanthropy and they're giving money everywhere. What is the difference in that person doing it and us doing it? If there is no difference, there is a problem. This is where you go from heavenly minded to earthly minded and it's naturally minded. You, we need to physically help people in the natural. Yes. Jesus said, hey, if someone asks, you know, for a shirt, give them your coat. And if they ask you to walk a mile with them, walk two miles with them. It says work. Remember, there's, there's multiple parts to this thing. Do the work and help them in the natural. If, you were, if I was hungry, you fed me. If I was naked, you clothed me. Do the natural work. However, you better make sure that there is spirit influence on that thing. Because that's the difference between giving a man a fish and teaching a man to fish. Right? We have that statement. That's basically saying you can help them in the natural with the natural. Give some money. Do some this. Is that bad? No. It's great. You should do it. But moreover, that we have the Spirit of God, the thing that can breathe eternal life and continue that life is to speak to them. Paul, we have this, we have this scenario happen multiple times where someone asks for some money. He says, I don't have any money. But what I do have, I give freely. Get up and walk. Now, everyone wants to focus on the miracle that happened there, but what I want to focus on is Paul didn't say, I don't have any money, sorry about your bad luck, and walked. Every single one of you just saw the corner at Dallas that you stop at, and they come and knock on your door, and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't care cash, sorry. You just drive off. Would to God that we would say, all right, God, I don't have money, but well, you better tell me something to give them. God, because I'm going to say something. God, give me something. And you just roll down the window, get out. People think you're doing a Chinese fire drill. Pray for them, get back in the car, and go. Maybe that's what he asked, because you don't have money. Or maybe he says, put them in your car with you. You're like, oh, okay, we don't know these people. No spirit, Sherlock. You may not know them. <laughs> Did you like that one? <laughs> you don't know them. Now, we use wisdom, Jared. Yes, if it is the spirit of God, it will be his wisdom. So he, if it's going to cause harm to you, 
He won't ask you to do it. That won't be the first thought that comes to your mind. We say, well, what if it does? Well, then if it does, it's your time to go. Who cares? Now, we laugh about these things, but we value our lives so much more than the life of God. We are more concerned in to get into our old age than to get to the eternal age. This is what the Spirit of God is for. So when you look at this and it says word of knowledge, it says it's spirit word. It is life word. The word word. I hate having to define the word word, friends. The word word here means spoken word. Speak knowledge. If it's, see, see, we think speak the knowledge of God and we think speak the things that God knows. But that's a misunderstanding. Speak the knowledge of God means Speak what you know of God. But there comes an issue. Because if you don't know God, you can't share what you know of God. I couldn't say it because I said I could take off the glove. This is why we all have a huge misunderstanding of who God is. This is why people run around and, and, and say things like, well, if God is love, why is there this? It's because people have ran around. They don't actually know God. They just read some things in a book but didn't get to know the person who wrote the book. Yes, I did realize that natural people wrote it, but the person who told them to write it, okay, just clarify that uh, um, understanding. God did not come magically down and blot ink into that thing. He told people to do it. They did what he said to do, okay? Fair, fair, cool, cool, okay. But what we have done is we've read some things, got a list, and said, this is what I'm going to do. But we don't actually know the author at all. We don't know the heart. We don't know the understanding. We don't know any of those things. And so then we go and try to tell people who God is, and no one can say who God is, and that is horrible. Think to yourself real quick. This is not going to make any of so this is good. Think to yourself for a minute. If someone was to say, who is God, most of us will go to a subset list of actions. We'll say the platitudes of God is good, God is love. And then we say, oh, okay, so do these things so he'll love you. There's no qualification for that. There's no one in Scripture who can say God loves you if. There's a lot of things that Scripture says if you do this, then this, but that's not one of them. So how do we speak the knowledge of who God is if we don't know him? Jesus prayed this. In Matthew, we read it. He said, now this is eternal life. Huh. No one knew what eternal life was. And Jesus was so smart as to he's praying and saying this to people. Because this is not the only place this is mentioned. And he says, this is eternal life, to know him. Eternity, eternal life, separate. With eternal life, you take part in eternity. It's like Inception, I know. But eternal life is here and now. Now let's real quick define knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is like to know how to do something, okay? To know how to do something. An example of it would be, I was teaching my kids how to use power tools, and JR was helping me with my son to use power tools, okay? My son is 13 years old, we call him Scarecrow. If he only had a brain. Boop, 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 boop. He's a very brilliant kid, <laughs> but he's 13. We all know. <laughs> now, he knows what a skill saw is. And my, my youngest son, Levi, he knows what a, a drill is, you know, and, and they know what a drill is. They've seen these. They've seen me use them. So I said, hey, go get the skill saw out of the truck. 
and he knows how to use the skill saw. You push the button. You hit the safety, push the button. But he does not have wisdom as to where to point the blade, as to where to keep his hand. So JR's over there teaching him, standing right beside him. I hope you're seeing this in the spirit. Just if you're not aware, you're Jade, Scarecrow. And JR is like the spirit of God, and he's standing right there beside him. He's like, you may know how this works, but let me show you when to use this thing. Let me show you the direction to point this thing. Let me show you how to keep harm from coming to you when you use this thing. This is the Spirit of God in us, and he said, here's these gifts. And we all run and say, I know how words of wisdom go. You're dumb, and I know something. I'm going to tell you how it is. But we didn't have wisdom. The word wisdom literally means how to conduct oneself. I want to give you an understanding of how we should conduct ourselves. Are you ready for this? You're not going to like it, but I'm going to tell you. Here's how you conduct yourself. Love correction. Love correction. There's another word in scripture for this. It's called repentance. Love it. Look for it. Ask for it. Say, God, show me where. Before you take the skill saw and chop your hand off and someone else's, give me correction, God. Show me where. Show me how. Wisdom is how to conduct yourself in the manner that we conduct ourselves. There's another way to say this. Humility. Humbled to the Spirit of God. Submitted to the Spirit of God. Now, in this story with Jade, Jade is quite a timid individual, so he didn't, he's not like I would have been. Skill saw, cool! And done it. I'm glad you did not choose Levi. But he was timid, and, and he was concerned. He's kind of scared because he's heard the fear of dad, which is do not put your hand anywhere near this when we've been outside doing things. And so he listened to Jr. as Jr. said, no, 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 no. That's going to jam up. Look, look, do this. And, and he, was, he was listening. And even when he, think he, he thought he got it, Jr. didn't know I was listening. You're giving me a sermon. I didn't know it until just now, and you didn't know it either, but even as he did a couple of them and started understanding what he was doing. This is all of us, Scarecrows, okay? Even as he's doing it, Jr. came back over and said, no, wait, 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 wait. And he said, what? Stop. Wait on the Spirit to speak, because then you will have the understanding of who he is, and you'll have the wisdom of how to conduct yourself in a situation in a manner. This is the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And guess what? He did separate it out amongst some of them so that other people who know the Spirit of God more, they need to go and lean on them, not to learn them more, but to learn the Spirit more. And they help us and bring us up in that. And then they, they, there's someone else over here that has wisdom, understanding how to conduct yourself. This sometimes comes with age. Yes. Why do we say, oh, there's wisdom in the young, right? And, or wisdom in the old and stuff like that, and youth people are stupid, and all these things. Why do we say that? It's because they've seen how they conduct themselves, and they've seen the outcomes of it. So now apply that spiritually. Sometimes, yes, someone who has been in it for a long time may know more about how to conduct yourselves. But you know what else? It's called a gift, which means the last time I checked, a gift, if I'm going to give you something, I didn't ship you the bolts, 
and then wait three weeks and skip you to this. Sometimes God just gives it to somebody. And we may look on the outside because we're thinking so natural and think they don't know God. They don't know the Spirit of God. They're a new Christian, a new believer, but yet they may actually understand more about the Spirit of God than you do because what you understand more of is religion, not God. What we need to speak is the knowledge of who he is because this is eternal life. And we need to have the wisdom to conduct ourselves and to conduct ourselves to love correctly. I know that doesn't settle well with us at all. It doesn't, uh, doesn't make you want to come back, I know. But this is what he says. He says, hey, go to Scripture not just for inspiration. Go to Scripture for correction. Take a situation in life, whatever it may be for you, and say, I see destruction in this. I see destruction in this because I need correction in this. Don't think I see destruction in this because someone else did something to me and the devil, the devil, the devil, you know, it ain't the devil, Bobby. Go seek. There are attacks. We've talked about that. There are distractions. They happen because lights attract pests. But Jesus said it this way, before you go trying to fix something else and looking at something, just fix yourself first. So go to Scripture for correction. Say, where am I missing it? Go to God and say, I want correction. I challenge you. Pray every day this week and do not pray for one thing for yourself except for correction. It's going to suck. But he'll reveal it to you. And then you start to mold to it. It begins to, you begin to look at situations. You begin to think differently. It's almost like, let this mind of Christ be in you. In Habakkuk 2, I am going to share this one with you. In Habakkuk 2, he says that the knowledge of God will cover the earth. That is our job, is to seek the knowledge of who he is. Every gift is given for one purpose and one purpose alone. Every action, everything is to cause you and others to know God. If God is not known through it, it is useless and temporal, non-eternal. This is how we begin to walk in the Spirit. Now, there's a couple of things about knowledge and wisdom. I'm, gonna give you, I'm just going to list these scriptures real quick for you. Job 28, 28. Job is a pretty good guy to listen to. He's got lots of wisdom and knowledge of what not to do and what to do. He's got a lot of it. And he says that the fear or the reverence, that means humility, of God is wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7 says, that the beginning of all things is wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 says the same thing. But I like what Proverbs 9.10 says. It says it this way. It says, fear or reverence, humility to the Spirit is the beginning of all wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One. Correction will teach you to know God. You want to know why no one knows the will of God? We don't ask those questions. two things that suck to pray for, patience and correction. They're the two things we need the most. Ephesians 
1, verse 17, and Ephesians 3, 7 through 14. Ephesians 1, 17, and Ephesians 3, 7 through 14. I do want to read just Ephesians 3, 7, just this one little verse or two, because eventually we'll finish up Ephesians. Ephesians 3, 7 says, Where I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. This is all three of those things. This is also Paul writing a little bit later. He's showing this. All three. The gifts, the actions, the motives. The service, the work, the glory. All three of those things were given to each individual. We don't need to worry about running around trying to figure out what your spiritual gift is and identify it and all that stuff. What we need to do is know the Spirit of God, let Him lead, guide, and direct us, and it will become a, like it will become aware to us as to how He begins to use us. And that's for every area in life. It's not so we come in here and get to feel good, dad, you know, get to feel good, do that. There we go. While that may happen, that's fantastic. I never want to degrade what God does in here when we pray together and we, and we, we, we cry together because it says to cry with those who are crying. Whether that crying is joyful or crying is sorrow, it doesn't matter. It says bond together, that's fantastic. All that stuff is good because this is our regeneration time. But don't leave it here. Take it with you and say, all right, I want to know you. Give me some correction so I can speak wisdom and speak knowledge of who you are into this world and into every situation in life.